Hi, welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Centre. As the word would say, beloved, grace and peace be with you. From God the Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, on this day, totally dedicated to Christ around the world, churches filling up to capacity to bring honor and glory to the Son of God, His house, alive on a day such as this. The hour is late. The fulfillment of the Scriptures is upon us. It's time. The night is far spent and the light of the world is about to be unveiled. Therefore, admonish one another and draw clear, closer and closer to God that you may hear from Him and be led by Him through all things in this life that's so very temporary on this earth until we meet the Lord in the air and be assembled in glory together with Him in the Holy City. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Give the Lord a good praise offering. Amen. It is, uh, I'm very grateful because of the rain. Are you also very grateful? It's just one of those things that we, we feel it's, um, it is so critical to have. Now, you know what? Um, I have two services per year that are profound, and there are three services in a year where just all Christians come to church today and um, to celebrate the birth of the Messiah. And then, of course, the New Year's prophetic service, which is in a week from now, next Sunday night, Sunday morning, there will be a, a, a church services. And then, of course, there's a Saturday prayer meeting. Sunday night is prophetic um, insight, foresight, revelation, illumination, understanding, and then with that also adjustment in terms of everybody in his or her own self concerning what the future holds. Very important service next Sunday with communion and there will be baptism for those who wish to be baptized directly afterwards. As for this morning, um, it's all about Jesus. You know, I looked this early morning, early, early morning, I was looking at the Israeli news and to see what's going on in Israel at the moment. And I just happened to see that Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Bethlehem is like they say, it's like a ghost town. There's just about nobody there. There's the church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's very, very, um, it's, it's a very accurate place. In fact, one of the most accurate archeological sites of the Bible, the birthplace of Jesus in a manger in Bethlehem. That means a feeding trough where animals feed from. He was laid in a manger or then a feeding trough. Now, talking about Jesus now, Time magazine 
calls Jesus the most influential figure in world history. Yaroslav Pelikan, Yale University professor of history, agrees with us. And he says these words, regardless what anyone may personally think or believe about Jesus of Nazareth, he has been the dominant figure in world history and now also in Western culture for the past 20 centuries, 2,000 years, the most outstanding figure in world history and in Western culture. And if it were possible with some sort of a super magnet to pull up out of history every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, how much then would be left? From the book Jesus Through the Centuries, his place in the history of culture from Yale University Press. Now we're dealing with someone that is just beyond any person here, even our own understanding. Believe me, I've studied this Word of God. It feels like forever. I've never been... so in love with a book as the Bible. And I cannot understand for the life of me that people do not read the Bibles. In the time of Jesus, the prevailing wave accent or dialect was actually Aramaic. And much of what Jesus says, you, you pick it up in the um, ancient manuscripts. in Aramaic and of course there's some Hebrew there but it was the dialect spoken of that time and this boy baby boy Jesus the world tries to I suppose there's a people have that image if you go to Bethlehem Bethlehem if you go there you go to the place of the birth of Jesus, right next to it is a church. And right in that church, from the manger up, or the feeding trough up, you come through stairs, you come into a church, and there they've got a little baby doll that's behind a glass uh, window, and you can look at that to remind you of Jesus. And you know, the people get very religious about that, but Jesus is long time no more in a manger. My Jesus, your Jesus, that will confront every soul on this planet, is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. He's the Son of God, ruler above principalities, powers, might and dominion, angels and all the visible and the invisible world through Him. All things were created. Without him, nothing was created that was created. When the angels look at him, they know that's their creator. When we look at them, we look to Jesus, we know. And we understand he's our creator. 
We've been made in the image and likeness of God. Created, not evolutionized. I should say devolutionized. You and I, if I look at you, you have every one of you are precious in the sight of God. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Who did that? God. When God the Father unveils Himself in such a way, it becomes a most profound, staggering fact. The Father gave His Son to die upon a cross for you and I to wash us in His blood, to have us through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ crucify the flesh, live for Christ in this world, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but receive everlasting life. He is the Lamb of God who has become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of glory, is coming again. And the hour is very late. He's known by his works. He performed countless miracles. In John 14, 10, Jesus says these words, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you. I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. No person in world history could ever come close to matching the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. Nobody, but nobody, neither Moses or all the prophets. In fact, on the Mount of Transfiguration, there was Moses and there was Elijah with Jesus. And then God says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Because I love him, in him I am glorified. Now let me tell you something. God did not come into this world to condemn the world, but to save it. And if you're saved, you're in a wonderful position, you will have Christian, Christmas, a Christmas day of substance and evidence that Christ is alive in your heart. Substance and evidence. Now here it is. He came to save the world. I have discovered something which I think is perhaps the most profound thought of the year in my life. In my life, definitely, definitely. Just listen. The closer you draw to Jesus Christ, the better you hear His voice. No question about it. This morning, twice, God spoke to me. Twice, just after four o'clock in the morning, He was there. 
I had a question. And like that, like that, I got my answers straight away. And I realized God's in the place. The whole place was flooded with the glory of God. And I'm walking there and just praying all the way through. Didn't want to do anything else. Just wanted to pray and bow down before the Lord. Like that, boom, boom. And I realized again, the same thing. The closer you draw to Jesus, the better you hear His voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And they know me and they follow me. A lot of people say these days, you know, and I, I hear this so often. I mean, in the ministry, you hear it all the time. People talk about the will of God for their lives. The will of God for their lives. To find the will of God for your life, my dear friend. You've got to draw closer to Jesus than what you can even imagine as you see that there. We have to understand the will of the King, the will of the head of the body of Christ, the bridegroom, the bride, whichever way you want to take it. Why did He come? Because of the love of God the Father. What did He do? He sacrificed Himself. What was His mission? To save. What is his mission ever since to save? When you draw close to God, you get quite intense about his mission for the earth. And people say, well, you know what? I, the will of God for me is that um, just yesterday we happened to see a thing on, on, on Fox News about billionaires. And Morton, I was just looking and looking at all these billionaires and Fox News, and I think to myself, these poor creatures, if they're not saved, they, have, they are zero-nairs. Didn't I say, says the Lord, that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than the rich man that know not what to do with his wealth. Know this today, that none of you in this place can take anything with you. On your mission for me as my body, the same spirit is in my body and you have my spirit. And that this is the will of God for you. The will of God. Know it this day. Become passionate in this hour. And reach out to the lost. Reach out to the poor. Reach out to those in need. Reach out, I say unto you. For many people will say, yes, Lord, Lord, Lord. Didn't we this? Didn't we that? And I will say away with you. Because you were workers of iniquity. The greed of this world will pass in an instant, in a moment. But the will of the Lord remains forever. His kingdom indeed will come in this nation. His kingdom indeed will manifest in this nation. His power shall be known in this nation. And politicians will tremble all over the land. 
and shall be dismayed in that day. Know this today. Whereunto you attach your hearts is either life or death. Follow me, says the Lord. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Think of what I say to you. For therein is life, therein is the will of God for you, that you be in my spirit, by my spirit, as a temple of my spirit, will have the same mission of your total life to save the lost. For the hour is at hand and the heavens are about to be opened and the Son of God is about to manifest. Behold, blessed is he whose name is written in the book of life. Amen. In my studies through the years, I've often looked at archaeology. I looked at cities, places in Israel, particularly Jerusalem, Samaria. If I look at uh, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and um, also Capernaum, and if you look at Magdala, Mary of Magdala, you look at all those areas, you go around there, you know, you see this. The Bible, Hiri book, this book, confirms everything. And if you go there, you place this book over the archaeology, the archaeology is in harmony completely with it. Jesus is the most known person ever in world history with a purpose and with a reason. And so it says in John 4, 5, this is just one spot where I always become aware of the presence of God. In John 4, verse 5, it says, So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jacob's well. You go there, you sit on the side of that well, you sit in the same place where Jesus sat. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus down by that well. Everywhere you go in Israel, you have the confirmation. Furthermore, he is confirmed as Christ, as Lord, as King, as Savior, as Messiah, as the Anointed One, like Acts chapter 2, 34 says, God has made him both Lord and Christ. Quote, unquote, the speech of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Both Lord and Messiah. Every word, even the ancient letters contained in the Bible, speak about him. You search the scripture, says Jesus in John 5, 39. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. Search the Scriptures. Now, if there's one thing we do is that search the Scriptures. Spend a life on that. I walk around with these things. It's what I think. It's what I do. These Scriptures swim in my head all the time. I never get quite apart from them. You see this world as it is there. The world is in a mess. But dear children of God, your life is never in a mess as long as you draw close to Jesus. For you, there is a future, there is a hope. You talk about a story, you talk about a prophecy for 2024. Let me tell you something. My question to it be, 
to what extent are you going to draw close to God when it comes to the new year? What's the commitment you're going to give to God when it gets to this new year? Because for you, there is a future, there is a hope. There is not a desperation. Because in the darkest hour, in the lowest valley, in the most difficult moment of time, He takes you from that valley in the dip of dips, in the depths of the ocean, and suddenly He just infuses you with a spirit of faith and power and love and a sound mind. And with, like in the flash, like a lightning flash, He enlightens you and He gives you the way forward. Can't you do that, do that, do that, do that? For years I've been leading this church. And this church stands today in the state where these people here, all of them, and even more as we come to the end of the year and people return from holiday. But let me tell you now, every time this church had to make a decisive move, I had to get it from God first. Anything in this church that is decisive. On the day that we moved from a factory to this building in 1994. Inaugurating, this church will be 30 years old, this building, on the 30, 27th of August. And in that time that I said, we're beginning the building project, at that exact time, there appeared a ring around the sun and I took pictures of it. The moment I said, we're moving, we're going to this building, this building there was a ring around the sun. And I was fascinated trying to get, how do you take a picture directly into the sun? It's very difficult. So I had to go behind the shadow of something and I had to try and have the shadow fall on the camera lens and then still take the pictures, this ring around the sun. On the day that we said we move out of a tent into, this, into the previous place that we stayed, a temporary place, a factory. On the day that I said it, I looked up to the heaven, there was a ring around the sun. When I had to appoint my leaders, the pastors in this church, they all had to be given birth to, into ministry, in prayer, by vision, or the Lord would stop me and say, you may not appoint that man or that one or that one. He did that several times. People don't know that. So consequently, the people here at Little Falls, the staff has a very small turnover. People here stay here. There's, I see sits Pastor Louis there and Dworky next to him. Those are my very first pastors. He's still in the church. He's now retired, but he's full of fire, but he's still in the church. When you walk the road with Jesus, the closer you come to Jesus Christ, don't keep Jesus in a feeding trough or a manger. Don't keep Jesus as a little boy of 12 in the midst of the scribes and the Pharisees in Jerusalem at the temple. Don't keep Jesus at a certain phase. To some people, you know, they, they still see Him in some part of His life and ministry. But to me, He is the one who has risen from the dead. He is the... That's right. King of kings, Lord of lords. 
Messiah. Everybody say Messiah. Everybody say Jesus. Everybody say Jesus is Lord. Now give him another praise offering. Prophetically, prophetically speaking, Jesus is revealed eternally. Luke 1.33, He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, forever. And of His kingdom, there will be no end. Revelation 11.15, 11.15. The kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. Also, you know, there are many, many antichrists around at the moment, plenty. But I'll still read you the verse which says there, they've gone out from among us, but they had to come out so that they could be manifest and clear. And you see them now. Beloved, as John would say, this is the last hour. And there are many antichrists. They've gone out from among us. that it might be manifest. But household of God, this church is the most uncomfortable place for a devil to try and be. This is where they depart from people. And the chains are broken. You see, God will never break His promises. He will never go against His own word. Cast out devils, heal the sick, Raise the dead. Freely you've received. Freely you must give. That is not past Harold. All of us, we have authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. Can you say amen? I want to get to two little points here. Don't want to go on because I've got, I mean, I've got so much here. So very much. It overflows on me. One thing I thought about Jesus in this week as I walked around I'm, all the time, it's in my mind all the time. You're shocked at the world, you're shocked at, you see the things going on in the world and, and the, the normal world is now abnormal. The abnormal is now the normal. <laughs> and I look at this and I know that there are many, as the Bible says twice, hell from beneath stretches its mouth. It says, in another place it says, enlarges its mouth beyond measure. Then says the Bible, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. There's another scripture. The end has come. The harvest is done. And we're not saved. Just these scriptures that come all the time in one's mind. You think about that. The urgency if you want to be one with Jesus, you'll feel His heart. You'll feel His spirit. If you feel His spirit, He wants to save. Then you want to save. Can you say amen? You feel His, servant, his spirit. You, 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 you want to be like on the same mission. That's the Word of God for all of us. I heard a man of God speak early this morning and he said these words, you know, um, Matthew 6, verse 19. 
And it says these words, do not gather for yourself riches on earth where moth and rust destroys and thieves break in and steal. But gather for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Do you know that you're going into a place where there are no thieves? You know, no moth, no rust. The one thing that you will take with you are the souls of people that you love Love enough to lead them to Jesus. I want to say that again. God so loved the world, so how so love I, how so love you, the people of the world around you. Because you are their ticket. You are the gateway to heaven for them. But he had a key to the Father's heart. John 1 verse 1 says these words concerning Jesus. I'm just going to bring out two characteristics quickly. The one thing is this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, John 1 verse 1. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word was God. Then John 1 14. And the Word became flesh. Now the Word is the essence of the being of Christ. He is the Word of God. This book, I have countlessly said, I don't carry this book. This book carry or carries all of us. Oh, pastor, will you give us scripture? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says, God who at sundry times divers men has spoken to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us unto us by His Son, whom being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person. Now listen, and upholding all things by the word of His power. I cannot uphold the word. The word upholds me. As much of the word on the inside of me, as much of His power can be revealed through me. If I have the understanding and the prayer life is right. If you humble yourself at the sight of the Lord, He will lift you up. If it's Christmas Day, we pray for our families. We pray for those people that we love so much. But I'll tell you what. Jesus had the key of the Father's heart. Number one is the Word became flesh. John 1, 14. John 3, 34. He whom God sent, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, spoke the Word, for God did not give Him the Spirit by measure. In other words, the Lord God Almighty has, it's two places in the Bible, that ex precise expression. He had the Spirit without measure. In other words, the totality of the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Spirit of the Lord, said the Messiah, Luke 4, 18, is upon me, for he has anointed me. Christos means the anointed one. Mashiach, Messiah means the anointed one. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, so, John 3, 34, he had the Spirit without measure. John 1, 14, he is the Word of God. Then what does the Word and the Spirit agree with? The Spirit and the Word agrees with one more thing that give you the power like Jesus did. And I'm going to say this, I have to do this. He had the key to the Father's heart in the will of the Father. Now, the key to the Father's heart, even though He's the Son of God, 
He was given to prayer to the Father. He was the Son of God, but given to prayer. The Son of God. The Son of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Trinity. The Son of God. He says in John 14, he says these words. When they say to him, Lord, show us the Father. And then he says, but you know, I've been so long with you. And now you say, show us the Father. How is it with you now? He who has seen me has seen the Father. The Son of God prays to the Father. And herein lies your key to a successful new year. I'll say many more things about this, but not now. Even though he was the Son of God, he was given to pray to his Father. Jesus needed solitude to pray and to recharge. Jesus had a very open public ministry. The Gospels talk, I put it here, about Jesus going through the villages and healing all the diseases and their sickness. And he taught publicly. Scriptures, yeah. Frequently argued with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And never turned down the invitation to someone's home. He built his public ministry on the very deliberate practice of spending time in prayer in solitude with the Father. Matthew 14, 23, take a lesson from Jesus. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Went up on the mountain and by himself to pray. And now when evening, evening had come, he was alone there. In Mark 1, 35, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place and he prayed. Now, Luke 6, 12, and it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God. Luke 9, 18, and it happened when he was alone and praying that his disciples joined him. And Mark 14, 32, and they came to a place which was called Gethsemane. It was a garden by the name of Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Luke 22, 24, and being in agony, he prayed even more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling on the ground. Hebrews 5, verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and with tears to him, who was able to save him from death, he was heard because of his godly fear. Heard because of his godly fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's to depart from evil. Though he was the son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of salvation, eternal salvation to all those who obey him. Dear friends, he is the one who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm just going to give you the verse and I'll, I'll pull this together and I'll leave it there. Then it says here in Acts 2.33, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Spirit, He poured out that which you now see and hear. He's the outpourer of the Holy Spirit. He's the Word of God. His being is saturated with love. He came to save. And you and I have indeed the will of God revealed for our lives, namely to go and save souls that God would make you bold. I tell you now, I tell you now, we, we're done with secret service Christians. You know I have a little badge here? This is Christian. 
like James Bond, you know. <laughs> and one day somebody talks, and then, like, you know what? Christian. <laughs> I worked with a man for about two years. Yeah, two years. 1476 to 1486. 1476 to 78, those two years. And this man was a Christian. Never said a word. I'd go around, never knew that he was a Christian. I mean, not even a bloodhound would be able to smell that out. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, he was like this. Then one day, I now went into ministry. I had an invitation to go through to him. And uh, he was there with a Christian society. And I said, what are you doing here? He says, I'm a Christian, you know. I said, no, really. Blow me over with a feather. <laughs> You're a Christian? You're actually a Christian. Miracle of the day. Said it here. What are you? Christian. Secret service. Secret service. But I, I tell you what, there's a book called Contagious Christianity. And I tell you what, what is the word of God for you and for your life? To start off with, to draw closer to Jesus, to hear from God, to hear His voice. He is praying, I should pray. He is the word, I need to be in the word. He is all the time there, full of the Spirit without measure. I pray, I receive the anointing. And then with that, I close with these words. I have the spirit of revelation and knowledge in, the, in, in Christ Jesus. Paul the Apostle prays. He says, since I've heard of your prayer, your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for one another, Ephesians 1, 17, I cease not to make mention for you in my prayers that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of your understanding, 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 that is intelligence being enlightened. He's praying for the church. Jesus forever lives to pray for the, for the, for the, for the saints. He's intercessor forever, the Bible tells us. And so today, I tell you what, I tell you what, I would not go one day forward without Jesus in my heart, thoroughly, properly, and I would know I'm intact. You see, you here, how many of you have been crucified with Christ? You live no more. You see, you've died already. For the Christian, sudden death means sudden glory. Straight away with a Father in heaven. Now will you stand and let me close with this because this is Christmas Day. Close with a word of prayer. Now Father, I pray that everyone in this place will join in the will of God for their lives, will join in the Word, will join in prayer, be filled with the Spirit of God. I pray a blessing over all that they possess, for these have been found faithful, loyal to you. 
I pray a blessing over all of their possessions. I pray a blessing over their children and their household that they all will be saved in the day of the Lord. I pray favor in the business world with God and with man that there'd be favor, extraordinary favor because of what you've done to bring upon them the blessing of Abraham and every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ Jesus. I pray for the mind of Christ for the future for each and every one. I pray, Lord, that you would enlighten their minds and understanding with the manifestation of the mind of Christ that's always in control of all things whatsoever. But finding the mind of Christ, they will also find all the solutions wherewith they are busy struggling. Open doors. I pray for open doors. I pray for favor. I pray for young students that will study to be successful. I pray this day a blessing on every household. Peace, joy, goodwill to all mankind, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to be upon you one and all. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you. Be gracious to you. The Lord grant you eternal salvation and peace. And God bless you richly this Christmas day. Give Jesus a praise offering. Amen. Well, God bless you. And uh, you're all looking very smart this morning. Very, very smart. And I'm sure nobody's scared of a raindrop outside there. God bless you and enjoy your Christmas meals and fellowship and blessing of peace upon all of you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.